No, the work I do is, well, it, it's mediocre. It's not bare minimum. It's not, like, above and beyond. Uh-huh. It's the right amount. Pretty good amount of work you do there. There is. And, and, welcome, ah, damn it. and welcome to the Transmit Podcast. <laughs> hey, that's fine. I don't blame you for that. Welcome to the Transmit Podcast. I'm your host, Spike. I'm Victor. And today we have no real plan. And that's just fine, right? Yeah, we just um, got back from Hoolies. Yeah, Hoolies is really good. They have a really good 10-ounce sirloin. Oh, yeah, you had a sirloin. I did not notice you eating any of the steak. Really? Because I, I, I felt like... You're shoveling it in your mouth, and I just happen to be looking away every time that you're <laughs> eating it. I, I like the idea that, you know, you, you you didn't see me doing it, but you still assume I'm shoveling it in my mouth, like some sort of <laughs> disgusting <laughs> piece of shit. Because I saw it was there, and then it wasn't there. All that was left was vegetables. Well, then I ate a bunch of those vegetables, the green ones especially. Hmm. Let me tell you, the sautéed mushrooms, oh my god, the sautéed mushrooms, they're actually okay. They're a little lacking of flavor, honestly. Yeah. I was um, focusing on myself eating the burger and talking about the Star Trek captains, Kirk and Picard. Yeah, that was the nerdiest conversation I've had in a while where you were talking like, well, <laughs> what's your favorite captain? What's your, what, who's next after that? Who's after that? Well, yeah, because um, I feel like Star Trek is actually a little bit, yeah, it is nerdy, right? Yeah. But you can look deeper into it to where, you know, basically anyone can... Um, uh, evaluate the Star Trek captains and the philosophy of each captain and what what they represent. Yeah, and the, and the, and they all like represent like you know the spirit of adventure, spirit of uh of uh, uh like with it with or with uh Kirk is adventure, with Picard is diplomacy, yeah. with uh, uh with Cisco I'd say there's a lot of there's a lot of religious elements to that. Oh, okay, I didn't. Because well, I didn't watch much Deep Space Nine, so it's it's my favorite one personally, and I I think it's the best Trek. Deep Space Nine? Deep Space Nine is, in my opinion, the, the best. I think it was you when they were doing like a huge like sci-fi channel like run of it. You wanted to come over and say hi, and I was like, I really want to watch all this Star Trek. So you said, okay, let's go get a burger. And then we left to go get a burger. We had to walk. Okay. You convinced me to walk down there. We picked mm-hmm. up the burger, and I said, okay, we have to walk back so we can keep watching Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, I want to sit and watch. Like, no, I want to watch fucking Star Trek. <laughs> So little did I know that they were just planning on running it right up to the point where the Dominion got introduced, then the the marathon was over. Because mm. everything else, they have some good episodes in there, but a, a lot of that is just kind of, it doesn't really <coughs> pick up until the Dominion pick, gets there. Yeah, I don't know what the Dominion is. They're the big baddie from the uh, Delta Quadrant. Where, oh. like, we were living in the Alpha Quadrant, uh, Janeway goes to, like, the Gamma Quadrant, um, and the Dominion's in the Delta Quadrant. These are different quadrants of the galaxy? Yes, different quadrants of our galaxy. I think we're kind of like in between two, like the alpha and the beta quadrant. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's that's where... And I think it's just a very Starfleet-centric view of that. Yeah, so, Janeway was... Um, she was traveling a long time in space, wasn't she? Like a, an incredibly long time. Nine and seasons. Nine seasons. She was, the whole thing was her trying to get back Yeah, home. the last three of them were good. And yeah. uh, beyond that, though, it was, it was you, you could have missed that whole thing, honestly. So I saw the very first episode in the first kind of season of Star Trek Voyager when it came out on UPN. Oh, God, that UPN. Was, that was the network? Yeah. I'm going to need one of those, too. Here you go. I kind of don't want to use yours. A few moments later. And we're picking back up. Uh, we totally lost ours. The cat just came through and just 
just destroyed our entire flow. You're talking about Gamma Quadrants or something. Oh, Jesus fuck. Okay, Janeway. Well, Janeway. Okay, so I saw the first episode. You saw the first... Oh, yeah, where they um, they get... They go to Deep Space Nine, actually, first. Oh, really? Yeah, the first episode of... I don't remember that. The first... Yeah, the first episode of, uh, of, of Voyager is uh, on Deep Space Nine. But I know they get flung off into the Gamma Quadrant, right? Yeah, by the caretaker. And then they have to make their way back, and yep. it takes exactly nine seasons. Exactly nine <laughs> seasons. Uh, how did that end? How did that end? Did they finally get back home? Yeah, and, like, they destroyed the Borg. Um and found use their hyperspace or their like trans warp tunnels to get home. I forget. It's it's been a long time. I I've seen a few of the later episodes. And then like you know, do they all go back to home to their houses and retire and have like they do. Some of them are dead. Some of them aren't. But you know, yeah, they all. Everyone's pretty much happily ever after. Janeway becomes an admiral because she's the best ever. I guess. Oh. Okay. Um, so yeah, that way. It, did we ever see Janeway's Earth house or Earth apartment? I don't think so. Let me see here. Or any of their Earth homes. That'd be dope. I liked that in um, the Orville. Yeah. That we actually get to see this guy's like high rise apartment. Right. Yeah. He's, he has an actual, like, yeah, like apartment. And he walks in and he sees his wife fucking. Just banging that. It's a weird alien. Yeah. Okay. Who is Captain Janeway? Images. Uh, it's showing houses, but it's not. It's just Janeway Greenwood. So, yeah, no, you don't. There's a picture of Captain Janeway's uh, ship over a uh, a cityscape. Does that count? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, there there was like one apartment, like when they showed a future flash, uh, when in like in the mid middle of the show, they're like, oh, and we're all home, and this is the future. But uh, that that was, that could have been anyone. So I don't know. All right, well, that's the could have been an interesting topic, but I didn't. Well, I don't know if Janeway's home was a very interesting topic. This flashlight looks a lot like a dildo. Oh god! You have on your it really does not desk right here. I mean, in the loosest possible sense, it does. It looks like a, a robotic dildo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It looks like a robot cock. This is I'm, You're handling I'm not, that shaft really well. Okay. I'm not going to release this podcast. I already know that now. <laughs> oh my god! I thought did, <laughs> we had a good roll going, and you're like, "No, I want to just have a regular conversation." But we yeah, are what? Going, well, we're going nowhere. We burnt people. Out. Are gonna enjoy this. They you know why? Watch. Why? I'm gonna save it. Okay. I'm gonna bring it back. I talked about a robot penis. Yes, you did. But we're coming back. Okay. Because I'm gonna say something. What are you gonna say? Oops. My favorite scene in Star Trek. I was telling you. Oh yes, you earlier. Were. Uh, but I can't say it now. I kind of like blew my load during. Yeah, that's did, why I saved a bunch of stuff for the show. But it was basically the scene where Kirk meets Picard. In uh, Star Trek for, uh, which one was it? Generations? Yeah. Star Trek Generations. Star Trek Generations. So that was pretty cool. I liked seeing Captain Kirk, you know, chopping wood in like Montana somewhere. And yeah, that was, yeah, like you said, that was a very un-Star Trek location, <laughs> seeing that they've been really low on budget until like right then. Because <laughs> yeah. even, even like in that one, like they just went up the hills in like Los Angeles and just saw a deserty, rocky place to fight. Yeah. It was, yeah, it, was, it wasn't exactly um, of diverse biomes they showed. And even when they did in like next gen, it was always like a soundstage with a bunch of fake trees. Yeah. Very rarely were they like, they, okay, we're going to Minnesota to find an actual wooded area. Yeah. But that was a, that was a nice, that was a nice scene. It's taking us, taking us back to Captain Kirk's home and his, you know, his aesthetic for like his, you know, interior design. Yeah. Just got like a continental home where he's making yeah. eggs for his wife that he, he's not going to be able to see. It's just going to push him right back out to like some new area. Yeah. God, that that was not one of the better Star Trek movies. 
mean, honestly. No, I, I, I don't know. I'll have to watch it again. I didn't like that scene as a kid, but I think it's my favorite Star, uh, Star Trek scene now. Like, that scene, yeah, is kind of cool and touching, but realistically, if you want good Star Trek movies, mm-hmm. uh, especially up until the way later ones, just go with the even-numbered ones. <laughs> even-numbered, huh? Even-numbered, good. Odd numbers, Because eh. remember, yeah, number one was the motionless picture. Number two was, like, the one with the whales, uh, which was great. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it goes like that, basically. No, number two was Khan, Wrath of Khan, right? It might have been, okay, wait, wait, oh yeah, two was Wrath of Khan. Three, three was three, No, three was not whales. Three was the, the, the Klingon uh, played by Doc Brown. Then was uh, the whales. <laughs> or, I think three was the whales. Yeah, no, no, three was not the whales. Three, was. three was the Klingon and uh, you killed my son. I'll never forgive them for the death of my boy. That's, that's what that one was. That was <laughs> Christopher Lloyd was a Klingon? Christopher Lloyd was a Klingon. Wow. He was he was a pretty good Klingon. He had a very solid motivation. Like, okay, this uh, the Genesis Project will just reform all wor- worlds just in one shot, and then there'll be a Federation flag over every home. You know, my favorite Christopher Loin, Christopher Loin. What, what is it? Christopher Lloyd line is. What is it? I was frozen today. Oh yeah, that's a good line. I think uh, the, that was the from... nostalgia critic loves that one. That was Urban from, Commando. Uh, or suburban, suburban Commando. Suburban Commando. No, Urban Commando is the, the new one with the rock. Oh, yeah, that is, yeah. <laughs> suburban Commando has a, a different wrestler. Hulk Hogan. God, they really, yeah, they really... Um, I hope they actually make an Urban Commando. That would be fun. I really, yeah, that'd be phenomenal. They, he's played pretty much everything else, the rock at this point. He's now just doing... Might as well do Urban Commando. Yeah, he's doing the Jungle Tour, like, movie now. So that's that's not exactly... Um, he He's running out of stuff to do. There's that um, recurring scene with the mime in Suburban Commando. Oh, yeah. God, the, mimes the, are endlessly capable to be abused, right? <laughs> I know that mime is trying to, like, climb a ladder. Yeah. And then Hulk Hogan's like, oh, you're trying to climb up the ladder, but there seems to be some sort of issue with, like, the program or the system or something. Yeah. Let me help you. And he grabs him and he throws him up. throws him. <laughs> he, 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 like, does a skateboard trick and it ends up in orbit. I mean, it's like... Oh, my God. You know. What is that called when you... You just clean the dust off. You're just washing your hands of that of that problem. Yeah, that's funny. There's no, no, I don't think there's a real term for that. You just that you made that weird again. Is what you did. Well, okay, because so. we're not, you know, we're on a podcast. So I can't. What can't I have you to do? describe things? Like they can't see. What well, you could you could just say you dust your hands off. You, you, wait. It didn't come to me immediately. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> we are, we are for we're, this is the forty first episode. Just so you know. Oh, really? And I don't think we've gotten any better. <laughs> okay, we've gotten a little better. You you pause less. Like, okay. I sent you the picture of that first podcast I edited. Yeah. And it was like 78% edited well, out pauses. As I've said before, it takes me a while to formulate uh, what is appropriate and not appropriate and what people really want to hear on the podcast, what I can say and what I can't say, you know? See, that's so the problem is you need to out. just flow. You need, you need to, to flow. You need to, like, no self-editing mechanism whatsoever. <laughs> so I got to be like... Even flow, oh, thoughts arise no, like butterflies. Don't go nineties. Don't go nineties. No, that 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 time is over. That, that, no, no, stop, 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 stop. I'm turning it down now. There we go. There we go. Nice and quiet. Good, I think I do a pretty good Eddie Vedder. You do an okay Eddie Vedder. Like Eddie Vedder does an okay <laughs> Eddie Vedder. Wait, is that Eddie Vedder? Maybe. I'm just. I'm. I. Who's Pearl Jam? Well, look it up. You have a phone. God damn it. Look up uh, who's Pearl Jam. Is that any better? Hang on. Is that me. even a Pearl Jam song that I was saying? 
<laughs> I think so. Maybe. Who does even flow? Seti Vedder's Pearl Jam. Just, just chill out. I'm, I'm doing it right now. now. Uh, Pearl Jam. We can't have dead air. I need to keep like talking. So I'm, it's Eddie Vedder. I'm, no, I'm going to cut it out. Just just don't worry. <clears throat> it's Eddie Vedder. It just is let it Pearl flow. Jam. Why do you got to cut things out? People want to hear Because there's shit. just going to be a part where, we're, where neither of us are saying anything. So I'm going to cut that out. That's fine. Yes, that's fine to cut that, that out. That happens a lot. Yes, when me cutting stuff out happens. No, on like actual like good podcasts. Like you'll uh, hear like dead moments. Wait, there are, yeah, but they're not the part where I'm just looking at a phone. There's a part where that's the where the part of the the conversation gets to breathe a bit. Not the part where everyone looks down at their devices and <laughs> and looks up different like rock and roll stars. So you you can trim some of the fat, is what I'm saying. Okay. I, I like. Well, listen. If you want to edit the podcast, go for it. I think I see uh, the podcasts that I listen to slash watch. They don't have um, they don't have cuts like that. They just kind of go, except for the the break in the middle of the H three podcast. Right, they have their breaks and their stuff like that. But and also, I just you know the I like to make it a little tighter. And listen, we're we're, we're only forty one episodes in. I don't think it's time for a behind the scenes on this. <laughs> That's what she said. I. That is not what she said. Okay, so uh, here, how about this? What did you want to talk about? Well, I, I still want, want to do Eddie Vedder impersonation, though. Oh, hey, listen, if you want to come in here on on like when we're not doing the podcast and just record yourself doing your best Eddie Vedder, I will let you do that. <laughs> so I can. So one of these days on like a, a Tuesday, I'll be like, hey, I wanted to sing Eddie Vedder into oh, your yeah, I, equipment. Oh yeah, it's gonna be ten bucks, and it is all you, man. And then can you edit it so it actually sounds like, you know, it's in the song and everything like that? I cannot. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I can lay the track of the music under it, but you're go- it's going to take a lot of work because you don't know all the words. It's not like you're singing the whole song. Well, that's the thing that's funny about it is like, I don't know the words. Okay, so. then in that case, totally I'll do that. Let's, let's, we'll, we'll make that happen. So you know what I'm going to do? What right, are you going to do? I'm going to do this. Nope, wrong one. Ah, crap, I messed that up. That's my bad. Nope. Oh, we're at 15 minutes. We're doing... We're doing the news. I'm just going to keep this rolling, because, dear God, this is this was a bad idea. <laughs> I regret this entire decision-making process. All right, you've got some uh, news yes, I do. stories. Okay, there we go. Okay, so Diego the tortoise, um, who has been responsible for increasing the tortoise population to, like, several thousand, like 2,000, over 2,000, is finally retiring. Okay. And I'm, yes, and basically he has been the sex machine of the turtle world, is what is, is basically was his job for like 40 years. Okay, Diego's got a good job. Okay, this podcast is over. (laughs) So I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Transmit Podcast. Oh, we're not, okay. (laughs) That's a good job. That's a phenomenal job. Okay, so maybe I should carry on this a little more. Uh, I hear it looks like he was retired because of dehydration. Um, okay, so what is he at a zoo? Does he? Live yeah, he went zoo? back to the he he used to be at the San Diego Zoo, and then he got um, loaned out to help provide semen mm-hmm. to other tortoises, and now he's back in his homeland of Galapagos to live out these golden years. Oh, okay. So there's like a whole retirement plan for... Um, yes, there's, there's a tortoise retirement plan if you are a over 100-year-old tortoise who is responsible for repopulating the tortoise kind. So tortoise stay like active, sexually active for a long time, don't for, they? Over 100 years, apparently. <laughs> That's pretty... That is a phenomenal job. Pretty amazing, yes. yeah. Oh, uh, man. 
He had a good, he had a good run. A Diego. great run. Diego, listen, Diego has the dream job. But realistically, don't you don't you wish that like you know uh, you lived in like a human zoo and you were responsible for repopulating the human population? Well, that sounds like the beginning of a Black Mirror episode. So no. <laughs> You don't want that life? I, I do not. That sounds like a sad, empty life, especially since, you know, I'm, a, I'm aware of death and, like, I need, like, emotional fulfillment. Well, they would return you back to Earth, you know, when you were, like, 60 or 70 or something, and then you would just live out your golden years. My golden years with no money, <laughs> just dumped in my homeland. <laughs> the there, there, there are a lot of, like, like kinks to that plan. I'm just going to say that. And then people are like, Hey, you were gone for like 30 or 40 years. What were you doing? I was having a lot of sex and now I regret that entire process seeing I have no (laughs) retirement plan. (laughs) Listen, it was fun during, you you know, I think that at least the aliens will give you some cash because they, they know that, that that's what, how you survive on earth. They throw you a wad of cash. It's like, all right, good good luck, buddy. They give you a slap on the ass on the way out. Hey, tiger. Yeah. And no one would believe your story anyway. Oh no, they would not. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, whatever." You're like, I helped repopulate. Crazy. I helped repopulate the uh, human species. Like, there's seven billion of us. Oh, wait, why was I doing that then? And there's just some there's some perverted alien smoking a cigarette. It's like, can you believe what we cr- got that idiot to believe? <laughs> oh, Nanu, Nanu. Okay, so let's see. What's the next story? What's that? What's the next? You got oh, the next story. Um, is, okay, so Chinese Airlines uh, forced a woman to take a pregnancy test. Uh-huh. So she's flying to some uh, some northern um, Mariana. I, I I cannot pronounce that name in Chinese, but she's flying. She's flying to a set to a group of islands that a lot of Chinese tourists fly to. And in ni- in 2018, uh, more tourists there gave birth than non-tourists because they still have very strict birth laws. Uh-huh. So basically, they're very sorry, but they still also f- are forcing people to take pregnancy tests before they let them fly to different countries. Hmm. They don't want people giving birth in this country? In, well, not in that country, no. Well, not in that island. I think it's, it's like some, some way to circumvent their, their pregnancy laws, I'm guessing. Oh, the pregnancy laws of China. Yes, of China. So when I say yes, a Chinese airline forced people to do something, yeah. they're from China. Okay. Well, yeah, obviously it's the they have like uh <laughs> move your Oh, I'm sorry. I was I wasn't reaching towards the end end song button. <laughs> okay, that, what's the last story? The last oh, oh, well, we're moving right along. Okay, a man registered his beer as a service animal to show how easy it was to uh, register a service animal on a plane. I was hoping you'd get to the um okay. We'll get through this one. So, oh, we're just going to get through? The, you're not going to... Okay, cool. No, let's, let's make this happen. Okay. I thought you wanted to... Okay, wait. Well, we'll, we'll do it after we'll, this We'll story. do everything. Let's do we'll everything. We'll do it after this story. Okay. Okay. What? <laughs> Repeat that. I wasn't paying attention when you said that. Okay. A man managed to register a beer, a glass of beer, uh-huh. as a service animal so he could take it on a plane. Okay. Let me guess what state this was. It's in America? It's, it's America. I forget exactly where, but it was just... It, probably this state. Probably California. Brooklyn. Okay, so it was a Brooklyn man who registered his service, uh, his beer as a service animal. Apparently, um, it was extra easy because it said no training necessary as one of the options. Mm-hmm. So he just, well, and, and since you know you don't need to train beer, he just clicked that and it went through. Oh, so so weak are we as people that <laughs> oh we have to make the service animal like 
rigmarole incredibly easy to the point where they've had like peacocks, miniature ponies. Someone tried to get like an alligator on that motherfucker. Like they've had a lot of questionable service animals that have slipped through the cracks because of our own weakness. Wow. So this guy uh, describes himself as a gorilla in experimental marketing. Hmm. So I, I guess like he's, he's basically a comedian who's just like, you know, he, maybe he doesn't have a good stand up set basically. Oh yeah. Maybe he's like, um, this is like the same type of thinking that goes along with that uh, banana installation art. Yeah, it's the same kind of well, same kind of thing. Where it's like he's this, trying to make a, a point or a he's message. Trying to make a point. Except this point is far more poignant because this is something a lot of people have to deal with. Yeah, I would pay way more money for that just to know <laughs> that happened than I would for the banana. Hmm. So yeah. that, that that that's my thoughts on the matter. Yeah, you think this guy's got a better. Um, set than the yeah he's got a he's got uh, well he's got a better like um a much more poignant worldview i think he's bringing light to a a better issue yeah because at least the the art world like the banana thing is more like very entrenched in the art world like the question is very it's inside baseball it's like what yeah exactly it's like is this art is this art they keep just the, making art that questions the absurdity art. of art and the absurdity of our own media. And, and this guy is like, hey, uh, you notice how a lot of people are doing crazy shit that affects all of us? Yeah. Like, look how easy it is to do this. This isn't even an animal. This is alcohol. Yeah. There's there's maybe some yeast. That's alive, I guess. So, yeah, that's, I don't know. Like, um, I, I, I think um, we're going to have to do something about the service animal thing if that's the point where you've gotten to. Like, may, maybe you shouldn't announce to the world that you're so weak, you can't fly, you know, without your sh- your little schnauzer. Yeah. Like, and if you can't well, fly, take a bus. Yeah, well, maybe, you know, maybe in the future, everybody's going to have a service animal. You know? I hope not. You know, like, you'll be required to have a service animal or something. Or, or you'll required? Be, you'll be weird. I'm just going, I'm just going okay, crazy okay. with it. Go, go, go nuts with it. <laughs> Or it's like in Harry Potter, everyone had a familiar. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen. If, so it's going to be like that. If in, the in animal the delivered like notes and like had a, f- a function beyond, you know, I, I just don't know how to take a Xanax and half a glass of wine. Maybe then. You know, there was a prediction back in like the the 90s. I think it was about 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, it was like 95 or something. or uh, They predicted that chimps would uh be trained to like drive cars and like you know clean houses and work as like service creatures that sounds like a terrible idea <laughs> like remember that oprah chick who's like the guy got her face ripped off yeah that's a chimp it has the ability to literally rip your face off so that didn't happen thank god but uh they were thinking like oh yeah they're gonna be able to train chimps because uh the mapping of the human genome had yeah. come out oh recently. yeah and they're like oh they're gonna map a chimp and they're gonna give it just enough skills to do things, but not enough skills to be fully like recognized. Well, as a unle- human. unless you can remove like three fourths of the strength, I don't want that because <laughs> that's still like equivalent to a human being. At least I can fight off a human being. Something that can like rip my my arm out of its socket. I don't want like just just hanging out in my house. Yeah, and like driving around for you and stuff, and driving yeah. you around. And, and, yeah, exactly. That's like having a very moody like mid twenties Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Who could, if you make eye contact with them, take it as a threat and murder you? Well, when you said service animal, Wait, so yeah, I, fe- I figured your perfect one would be a chimp, except with you know weaker, a weak a, chimp. Okay, that sounds incredibly racist, <laughs> but thank you. Your perfect service animal well, is a weak, a weak chimp. chimp. Yeah, God, that, that sounds like a horrible insult. Thank you very much for that. 
Okay, so you wanted to talk about something else. Uh, that story uh, with the prison for... Oh, yes, the, uh, the prison where they could put you in like a, like a coma and you'd, you'd do a thousand-year sentence in eight hours. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That is, that is, um, that's some like Matrix shit right there. So think about that for a second. The implications are like, because realistically, that's just the one application. Like people are already like saying like, well, this is immoral, but they're not talking about like, well, you could train someone to fly a plane in an afternoon. I know it's crazy. Like, uh, if you put someone in prison, my first thought is like, you put them in a prison for a thousand years. Yeah. Like they're going to come out as like the wisest human being on the planet. Yeah. Especially if you don't put them in like the rape prison, you put them in like (laughs) a very, like what you idealize a prison to be where, you know, you, you do your time, you read books, you reflect that sort of thing. And since you have like, it's all in somebody's mind. There's no budget cuts. It's just, you know, here's all the books. It's going to suck a little bit, but you're going to grow a lot as a person. Yeah. The only limitations are the designers of the prison program. right? So, so the first iteration, like anything, like the first video game is going to suck yeah. both in function and its execution. But like, as the iterations come out, you're going to have better and better, like rehab programs and shit like that. I know that's crazy. And then imagine all the skills that like human beings can learn with this technology. Right. It would be quite insane. This is, this is straight out of inception, honestly. And, and, and as, I really like that. Cause like there's, there's, there's no limit like on time real, like effectively no limit on time. Also Black Mirror. It's Black Mirror It can stuff. be Black Mirror. Well, cause, well, Black Mirror could be anything, really. It's like, what if Bluetooth headphones, but too much, is basically... <laughs> well, they that. did do a Black Mirror on this very subject. It's called Black White Christmas. If there's any Black Mirror fans listening, you know what's up. Oh, yeah, and they, well, they also, White Christmas. Well, they also did this on The Matrix. So, I mean, like, The Matrix did it, technically, so... Oh, yeah, they did it with the, uh, I know Kung Fu. Yeah, basically, and, and they're all in a mind prison. Give me your best I know Kung Fu by uh, Keanu Reeves' impression. My best Keanu Reeves' impression? Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Oh. Uh, no, wait, wait. Okay. I'm kind of rusty. That's, 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 <laughs> that's, John, Wick. that's John Wick, yeah. That's John good. Wick. Uh, okay, how about... Um, he doesn't say much in those. That's why I really like it. It's very silly. He doesn't need to say a lot. You know he what he wants and what he's going to do. Uh, okay, okay, wait, wait. I was thinking of... Uh, Oh, what about Point Breaks? Like, trust is earned. I know Kung Fu. Whoa. Okay, Whoa. this is, okay, this is, no, no, this has been done to death already. <laughs> Whoa. We're moving on from that. 69, dude. Okay, but back to the, the mind prison thing. So, yes, there, there's a ton of applications, and I think the, I think the news headline that's been going around, that's just the one article with the, the prison cell and, like, the thousand-year thing. They're just like doing the far end thing. That's like saying, oh, this car does get like 90 miles to the gallon, but that's under these very specific circumstances. And that's the far end of this technology. Yeah, a thousand years and eight hours. Because well, you do the math, right? One hour gives you like, what, 120 years? Or something? Hang on, hang on. 125 years per, per hour, basically. 125 years per hour. That's pretty impressive. That is very impressive. Well, the thing is, yeah, you're and and no one's going to be put in there for a thousand years. There's if you do a life sentence for something, you're, you're not going to be in there for a thousand years. You're just going to put a guy in a cell for a thousand years. Realistically, you're just going to put someone like largely it's going to be like people are going to be there like a, for like a like a 10 year stint, basically, or a five year stint. So you don't waste your life, but you still feel like you've been in there because the perception is still 
I have been stuck somewhere for five years. And perception is like a huge, is the majority of life anyway. Yeah, but what about the people that actually, do, they don't get life sentences? They actually do get those like, um, like you're sentenced to 300 years in prison. That's basically a life sentence, That right? is a life sentence. Well, I think at that point, you know, I, I'm never a big fan of that because what really what you need to say is life without parole. You are sentenced to life without parole. Yeah. Because you're trying to make sure they never get out. Just have it set up so that when you say life without parole, you just get life without parole. You don't have to do some weird thing with the legal system where you say, okay, I'm giving you five 25-year sentences to run one after the other, not concurrently. Like, you have to, like, wheedle out the system instead of just having a prescribed treatment for this plan, you know? Yeah, so, I don't know. If you're getting, like, you know, five 25-year sentences or whatever. Yeah. That means basically you should be locked up for life. So if you gave someone for that that amount of time and just late hours and like you let them go free, you just created like the most intelligent yeah, well, criminal. Exactly. And, that, <laughs> and that's if like, and realistically, how many people do you know would actually do that? Because would everyone do that or would they just like, you know, read other kinds of books that don't improve like, like they're just going to absorb a lot of like fiction. Yeah, I guess it, it just depends on what they do, huh? Yeah, so, like, there, there's, I think we both know people who would, like, not take advantage of that. So that, but, yeah, I don't know, there's still the, there's still the possibility. There's the possibility but... that we have the Hollywood thing where we make a, a, a Wesley Snipes from Demolition Man yeah. who knows, like, martial arts and hacking and the intricacies of, like, weapons and stuff. But uh, most likely you're just going to have a bunch of, like, idiots who did something stupid, got a 10-year stint, and then like went to like went to sleep at five minutes ago and then like, OK, I'm done with my sentence. Yeah, that kind of sucked. <laughs> like, what would you do the whole time? Uh, I read some Harry Potter, I think, somewhere in there. And that, that'd be kind of the end of it. Yeah. All right. Look, well, we're about 30 ish minutes. So how about we wrap this up then, huh? Hey, if you're not going to marry it, wrap it up. OK, that's uh, well, actually that's a really good piece of advice. Listen, guys, um. Get married before, you know, you have kids. All right, that being said, I'm Spike. I'm Victor. And thanks for listening to what I will say is an episode of the Transmit Podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, there's the best one. The best one? Jesus Christ, if that's the best one, we need to stop. <laughs>